Hi everyone, I'm Juliette and welcome back to Love Stories Radio. This is a podcast where we answer all your wedding questions, those that you sent us and those that you didn't. If you're listening to this podcast, I have a hunch you're here because you're planning your wedding or you're in a wedding and you want to know the answers to the questions that everyone else is thinking or maybe that you haven't even thought of yet. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to give a few pointers on other episodes to listen to if you're new here. Episode 9 is our most listened to show, so that's a good place to start. We discuss what to do if you don't love your engagement ring. Yikes. Episode 27 is another popular one where we talk about the best thing to wear under your wedding dress. If you have a question you want answered on an upcoming episode, you can email it to questions at lovestoriestv.com, DM us on Instagram at lovestoriestv, or pose it in our Slack group for brides and wedding pros, which you can join at bit.ly slash lstvslack. But it doesn't stop there. Watching real weddings on lovestoriestv.com is the best and the most fun way to plan your wedding. Search and filter tens of thousands of real wedding videos to find the ideas, products, and pros you need for your wedding. Already know your venue? Watch videos of real weddings that happen there to learn about and research other pros who have worked at that same location. Are you comparing two wedding planners? Watch videos of real weddings they planned to get a sense of their work. Need vow inspiration? We got that too. Watching real wedding videos are literally the best way to get ideas for your own speeches, vows, and toasts. If you can't find what you're looking for on lovestoriestv.com, get in touch with us. Send us an email at questions at lovestoriestv.com with your ask, and we'll guide you to the best videographers, florists, cake makers, planners, hashtag creators, you name it, we got it. Hi, everyone. I'm really excited about today's episode because I have Sammy Milner with me. Sammy is like one of the earliest filmmakers that I remember like working with and talking to and we've become friends. And she also got married two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. Two years ago. Um, and like nothing interests me more than like wedding professionals getting married. I'm like obsessed with it. And I like love asking people questions about it. Um, and so Sammy um, is in New York. And so she came to the Love Stories office and... We're going to chat about being a wedding filmmaker and being a bride and answer some of your questions. So thank you for coming, Sammy. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Of course. I love you guys. Oh, we love you. And Sammy also gave me one of my favorite gifts ever. It's this, like, amazing jean jacket with Love Story CV on the back. And I, like, always wear it to, like, parties and, like, wedding stuff. And I really love it. And it was such a nice gift. Side note. That's, like, the easiest gift to give, I've realized. Because it's not very expensive to yeah. get a jean jacket. Yeah. And then to... Do like a little, I mean, remind I mean, me which designer you worked with. I made it. Wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> you made that? Yeah. Did I know that? I, I think know. I thought you had someone make it. Oh my god! <laughs> Wait. So we were actually just before this talking about it's embarrassing paint, it's a paint marker by hand. You drew that? Yeah. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> you're like a filmmaker creative. I think maybe you like told me that and I forgot. But in my mind, I, I, I think I thought you had. Like, Oh my god, that's even nicer. But it's an easy thing to do. You should like, do this as like a it. side hustle. I have kind of. Are you? But I mean, we're segueing. But no, that's I, like the podcast about uh, segways. I have done it for some some of my rides, yeah. but I've kind of learned that like sometimes it can take more time than people are willing to pay for it. Yeah, so kind of in that stage of like 
is this time is it. better spent elsewhere, I think. Even though it's really fun for me, I so don't. I'll do it as gifts now. I'm upset. It's so, I mean, yeah. yeah. So I guess if you're listening to this and you are a bride, you should get one of these jackets or someone, you can gift these to brides. I mean, where do people, you can DM Sammy, maybe she'll make one for you. It's um, basically just a jean jacket with custom, like, calligraphy with a paint marker on the back. Yeah, but you say that casually, like, if I did it, it would be, like, scrawled, like, I'm writing thank you notes right now for baby gifts, and I keep looking at my handwriting, and I'm, like, mortified. Like, it's so bad. Like, it's such a mess, and I receive, like, thank you notes from friends, and they're, like, so beautiful. I just feel like some people are artistic. Obviously, you're a filmmaker. Well, I um, my background is in interior design and fine art. So oh, I, I do remember that. that. I remember and then I segued into video. So let's talk about that a little bit. We talked about this like um, one of the earliest times we met, but like tell everybody like who you are and like how you got where you are. Okay, I'm Sammy. SJ <laughs> Video. So I live in San Diego, and I've been there for five years now. Um, I actually moved to San Diego to do weddings. So I went to school originally um, at IU for interior design and fine art right. because I thought my dream job was um, building the installations in anthropology. I don't know why you're saying that with a smile. That's like such a cool, interesting well, job. in high school, I was like, I'd walk into anthropology and like, this is going to be my job to make these because I love interior design and yeah. art. So yeah. I'm like, it's combining both. So I was like, that's my goal. That's going to be my job. Right? I love So that. when I went to school, I was like, okay, I'm going to... Um, minor in fine arts and major in interior design. Yeah. So then I got, in, a couple years in, I got an internship doing that job. Yeah. And I was so excited. Amazing. And Anthro? Yes. Oh, see, people, you can manifest, like, what you want to have. It was like, oh my gosh, my dreams are coming true. That's insane. So, but, like, six months in, I didn't like it. Yeah. I was like, Thank God it was I'm an internship. Devastated. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, wait, what am I doing with my life? What can I ask you? Like, what about it didn't you like? Um, I, so it was a lot of hours mm-hmm. and a lot of changing up the displays all the time. Yeah. For just a lot of work and a lot of creativity being poured in because every single store has a different designer. So they'll yeah. give you like a mood board basically. Uh-huh. And then you have to create it from scratch. Wow. It's crazy. not like, like I also work for free people. They'll just ship the displays and you hang it up. I They see. want each camera to be unique. So yeah. At least that's how it was five years ago when I worked there. So yeah. it was a lot, a lot of work. And parts of it was fun, but parts of it was just like, these are like art installations going up, and I, and then I have to take them down in two yeah. weeks. So it was kind of just like, it was almost like the thing I loved to do was turning into work, and then it was like, Yeah, that's oh so my interesting. Gosh. Yeah. I didn't like it like I thought I would win. So I segued uh-huh. a little bit, and I'd always had an interest in photography. Right. Um, so I took a video photojournalism course. Okay. Um, and I was like, well, I'm just going to do photo. Yeah, this I remember, yeah. So I took it, and it ended up being way more video focused than I anticipated. Yeah. Like, the teacher just was in the video. You're still at IU at this point. Still in college? Yeah. Okay. So I was just like, I don't want to be in this course because... It's video, and I don't care about video. That's and so then funny. I was forced to learn it in like my first project. I just loved it. I was like, I "What is happening?" Story. I like, loved it so much. It like was sparking something in me that I was like, "Oh, I found it. This is it." So when, which is really funny because it kind of what was like your first video project? Do you remember? It was. Oh, that's a good question. It was like a. It was like an interview with a like a gardener, or like it was just this random like yeah. photojournalism, like yeah, <laughs> I don't know, something really random. And then I ended up doing some like 
projects. Some of my friends had nonprofits, yep. and I would travel and do some projects for them. But it was funny because after I started doing it, my mom was like, oh, it's just all coming full circle. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, when you were younger, you, used to, you would not put video camera down. Wow. And I, and I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. There's a video of me when I'm eight years old yeah. forcing my brother and my cousin to get married, and they're like five and... Wait, that's so like funny. Five and four, and I because I wanted a video. I feel like you need this on your website. I know, and <laughs> I've actually tried. Yeah, well, I should put the bio on that, but I've yeah. tried to take the footage of it. Yeah, because it's on a it's like on a VHS, VHS and I don't know how to transfer it. Yeah, I need to figure that out because that's I would so love funny. to like actually just put that of the clip of it. A thousand online. percent. That's amazing because it's so weird. Like think back and be like, oh my gosh, whoa, <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. Okay, so that's how you got into video, mm-hmm. and then how did you end up in San Diego, and how did you meet Mitch? So I met Mitch, um, he was working for a production company, and then he was kind of helping me with projects, basically. Okay. And so um, we were we both ended up moving to Hawaii, it's a really long story, right, but I remember we moved this. to Hawaii, yeah. and we lived there for a little while because he was working for a hotel, and then he would, he started in production, and then he kind of segued into hospitality mm-hmm. so he kept helping me with projects and teaching mm-hmm. me and then I was living with um a couple girls at the time and one of them had a friend that was getting married and was like oh you do video stuff would you ever do a wedding video and I was like this was I think this was six years ago and I was that's like, crazy oh, a wedding video I was like I don't yeah people do that like I, yeah like what we consider now today like the classic highlight yeah I've never seen that before no yeah so I was like yeah I mean okay like i I'm open to it. I just don't really have a concept for what that would look like. Yeah. So I I actually researched online wedding videos, and I found one on my friend's Facebook. Like, someone had posted the video on Facebook. Yeah. And I think it was Redeemed Productions. Okay, sure. And so I was like, oh, like, small clip it. Clips yeah. Of, like, the highlights throughout the day. I was like, oh, that's genius. Like, yeah. I can do that. Okay. So I went and did that, and then I put it together, and... Um, when I posted it on Facebook, everyone was messaging me like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is amazing. P- people I didn't know. Yeah. This is, and because it was a new thing. Like, I don't think a lot of people had seen that. Well, that's when, so six years ago, so that's exactly when I got married. And you've all, if you're listening to podcasts, heard my story a hundred times where it was like, when someone was like, do you want a wedding video? I was picturing like what people had before, which was just like yeah. a giant camera mm-hmm. and you'd like interview people on the dance floor and maybe yeah. like some of the ceremony and like, I think the first wedding video I saw was my my cousins who actually got married in Hawaii. I wasn't there. And I was, like, blown away. I was like, what is this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I was like, wow, everyone's messaging me. I loved yeah. it. It was yeah. – I really liked doing, like, short little documentary stuff because you're capturing those, like, real moments in time. But yeah. when you're out just on a day-to-day basis, like, kind of, like, special moments don't just happen right. very often. But yeah. then when you're at a wedding, it's, like – moment after moment after yeah. moment that's like the most special moments in yeah someone's life so it's like so much to capture so I was just like in love like I love that oh, and Hawaii that. was probably a great place like you can make amazing wedding photos and videos anywhere but like I do we always joke I'm like why is like everything that comes out of Palm Springs just like better looking like I just I feel like it's, it's just like you're trend. outside in the light the lighting in Palm like, Springs is like the yeah. best lighting of anywhere I don't know why in Hawaii too I imagine yeah it must just be like so um yeah it's amazing lighting but I was yeah. uh, all the weddings in Hawaii were kind of um looking the same sure yeah and right I imagine that's so I was kind of 
doing some research. And when I before I even got into weddings, I would follow like Style Me Pretty and the yeah, blogs of course. because I was always enamored by these California weddings. Yeah. Yeah. So when I actually was like, I'm going to do weddings full time, like I'm going to go for this. Yeah. I was like, I'm moving to California. Yeah. Because I like just, I mean, the variety that you get within a two mile, like or yes. sorry, a two hour radius yes. is insane. Like yeah. I can be in the mountains. I can be in yeah. the vineyards. I can be on the beach. Yeah. Like and I can be in the city, you know? Yeah. So just the variety was really um, intriguing for me. I remember, like, we met you really early. You were uploading, and, like, one of the very first videos you uploaded is still, like, one of our most viewed videos ever. Okay. I it's don't Grace know. and what's the husband? Grace and Jeff. Grace and Jeff. I mean, they're beautiful. They're good-looking. He, like, talks about the way he, like, met her. Yeah. And it's just, like, ex- wedding video magic. It's, like, the vi- the wedding's beautiful. The video that Sammy shot and edit is is beautiful and just some of the sound bites from this like very handsome room let's be honest it's what he said well it's all of it though because (laughs) if it's not beautiful people won't stay to listen right so you have to have like we we always tell people that it's like when we're talking to filmmakers about like how can i have a video that's like goes viral like you could have some amazing vows but if it's not visually stimulating people won't even stay around so I want to talk about that. How did you meet them and, like, what's their story? Um, so I met them. Um, my cousin went to their church. And okay. they were getting married. And they were like, oh, you're a wedding videographer. And yeah. I, I had, was new to California. And yeah. I was trying to make friends. So I was, like, trying to pop into random circles that mm-hmm. I knew people already in. Yeah. And they were in it. And they hired me. And Jeff is, like, he's kind of a visionary type. Where okay. he just, like is very creative and he like wants to sit down and like write everything on a whiteboard and like so I met with him and like Jeff pulls out his whiteboard and he's like okay like I just want to do something different like do you have any ideas and I was like okay like I'm down to try to figure out something different than like the classic wedding video yeah and I was like well I can interview you guys like at the time I feel like I'm getting better at this with using as I get more experience and better at getting really good sound bites um just at the wedding but yeah before when I when I was first starting and like audio was harder to get for me I didn't yeah. have the right equipment the vows a lot of times sound muffled people yeah. were crying and yeah. I just wasn't it's wanting like to use, yeah, yeah use that audio over in the beginning but I do really like sound bites in the me beginning too. to yeah. set the mood but sometimes when it's like a muffled um officiant or someone's crying when you can't see them crying I just wasn't into using that yeah so I was like, what if I interview you guys and I ask you some questions separately? Um, I just hadn't seen that before. Yeah, I'm before. Obs- I love, love, love when... And I had done an engagement film with them. Yeah. Um, as a styled shoot, a styled shoot. Yeah. They were as a couple. So yeah. I, and I was new to California and I just need content. Yeah. So that's how kind of how we officially met. And then they really liked the video, so they wanted to hire me. So I see. So when we put it all together, I ended up using that footage from the style shoot in the beginning um, instead of just starting with the wedding. Yeah. And, yeah. We'll link to it from the show notes. It's so <laughs> but it's so funny because that was the first video that I uploaded on Love Stories. Is it the very first very one? First it still one. gets so and many views. It by far has more views than any other video I've ever done. That's and amazing. I'm like, I peaked... No. <laughs> no, I peaked on the first video. Now it's all downhill. No, that's so funny. No, I feel like you've had other videos that have been like some of our top videos of the year, right? Or was it that one? 
I don't know. I have to. Look I feel like your channel has just been one of the top channels. Like millions That's of views, so and it's been really crazy. I love it. Yeah. Um, okay, so. That's how you got into um, wedding filmmaking, and then you got married two years ago. So I want to know, like, what... Okay, so say a little bit about, like, your engagement, like, how you guys got engaged, and then also just, like, what was the process, like, planning a wedding from the other side? Like, what things... I love hearing from people, like, what things surprised you, or, like, what were things where you, like, as a professional, you were like, why does the bride care about this, and then all of a sudden you also care? Mm -hmm. You know, like, what things Mm -hmm. took you by surprise? Um, okay, so I got engaged at my family's lake house in Indiana. Okay. We go there every single Yay summer. Yay, for the Midwest and lake yes. houses. <laughs> and, like, that's our go. Every summer we go there for, yeah. like, all our extended family. Yeah. And that's, like, if I could have dreamed of a place to get engaged, that would be it. Oh, but I, I also that. didn't want to, like, fish for that. I'm not the type of person yeah. that. Like, I just, yeah. I wanted it to be a, it's like a classic girl. You want it, yep. but you're not going to ask for it, Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I was traveling a lot at the time, and I for video stuff and I was in Brazil for two weeks and so cool. yeah it was it was before I got married so <laughs> traveling more but yeah um my husband was working a crazy job at the time and he couldn't come to the family trip or that's what he told me oh. so I mean he was working 80 hours a week he could never get time off it wasn't a surprise that he wasn't able to come yeah so I um came straight from Brazil it it was like a 24-hour plane ride. I was like so gross, so sweaty. <laughs> I land in Indiana. Um, actually, I landed in Chicago and then drove yeah. two hours to the lake house. And I was kind of like in pity mode. Like I was missing him. I knew that like I we were probably going to get engaged soon. And I was just fantasizing. Like I wish that he was here. I wish that when I landed, he would be there. Oh, my God, stop. And he would propose. And, oh I, and my God. cousin was with me, and I was ranting to him about it. That's and he was, so and he had no idea. And me and my cousin are really close. And yeah. Mitch strategically didn't tell my cousin. Oh, because he, he is, like, yeah. would be a loose. So he's, yeah. we're joking around, like, oh, what if we got there? He would be at the end of the dock. With, and I'm like, yeah, I wish. And so then the more we talked about it, the more it was kind of making me sad. Because <laughs> I wanted it to happen. <laughs> And so I texted Mitch, and I was like, oh, just landed in Indiana, just so you know where in the world I am. He's yeah. like, so then I got a call from him, from his work number at the hotel he worked. And it was really busy sounding. He was like, hey, I just want to let you know that I felt so bad I couldn't come, and we haven't seen each other. I sent a little gift for you um, to your mom when you get there. And I was Aww. like, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. And I could hear his coworkers in the background. I could hear typing. And he was like, sorry, I got to go. It's really crazy. And I was like, okay, bye. I was like, oh, like, that was so sweet of him. Yeah. So I get there and I was expecting something. Yeah. But so thrown off, right? Yeah. So I get there. Long story short, it was a scavenger hunt my whole family had set up. Right. The okay. Town. I'm remembering now. And I was still like, he's not here because I heard his coworkers in the background. So when you realized the scavenger hunt was happening, were you like, oh, we're going to get engaged? Or no, like- I thought he just felt really guilty that we hadn't, he had been working okay. a lot and yeah. we hadn't seen each other in a while. And he, and just, he knew I was upset he couldn't come. Yeah. And uh, so I decided to Snapchat him the whole scavenger hunt because I wanted him to see me doing it. Right. So also Snapchat, right? Yeah, Cause right. like, right. I mean, obviously we use Snapchat a lot, but like mo- you would probably do Instagram yeah. stories today. Right. Yeah. So I don't funny. even, I don't have Snapchat anymore, okay. but so I Snapchatted <laughs> him the whole thing, every leg of the scavenger hunt. And the very last leg was my, I got on a jet ski and my brother was taking me into the middle of the lake. And at that point I was like, what is going on? This is, a, this is too extravagant of something for him not yeah. to be here. And yeah. I kind of realized in that moment Aww. and he was in the middle of like on a platform 
with candles and flowers. Yes, and I've seen that. Flipped out. Oh, this is <laughs> but, amazing. So what he had done for he had recorded on his phone work noise from his oh work. My brought God. in brought the recording. Call transferred the call from work to call me. Oh my then took his God. phone and held it up to the phone he was on for it to be in the background. That's insane. I mean in a really good way. Yeah. That's amazing. So it was that. <laughs> oh, I love, I feel like, okay, this is like a gross generalization. So like, I apologize, but like something I think is funny about like a lot of boys, like a lot of men is like the, the stuff that they focus on, like, it's really funny. Like I can think of a lot of examples with like male friends of mine where they're like going to propose and they get like so obsessed with like the quality and like the detail of like mm-hmm. the diamond, not the ring, the diamond yeah. itself. And I'm always like, she just wants you to give her the ring. Like, yeah, right. she would rather have it be, like, a little less, like, whatever and get it a month earlier. Mm-hmm. Or, like, guys, like, totally. they geek out is what I'm trying to say. Like, on specifics, specific like, details. the tech of the phone call mm-hmm. or, like, oh, the totally. super quality of the diamond or, like, that's, and that's I don't so know. Much. It's so funny. But I loved it. That was, like, oh, the best case scenario. That's amazing. Okay, so you were totally – I mean, and that's actually, like, I feel, like, fun, too, because it's, like, you kind of knew it was coming – but I was also so but thrown so, off. So, so, I love so it. thrown off. Okay, so then how did it go planning, like, being someone who, like, attends weddings every weekend? Yeah. Like, so I had – I'm not a planner, but I also am a little bit of a perfectionist, so I had to plan my entire wedding. Right, I like, you're a visual person. You obviously care yes, what it looks like. I care like. what it looked like, yeah. but I'm also not a planner. Right. So I did the whole thing because – it's hard for me to step back and let mm. other people. Yeah. But I also didn't necessarily love it. Okay. So I, but I had very specific things I wanted knowing yeah. because I go to weddings. Yeah. So like, what were those? What were the things you see where you're like, I'm not doing this or like, Ooh, I love that. So one of the main things was I just, and this doesn't necessarily pertain to the every bride. I just yeah. didn't want to work at a event or I didn't want to get married at a venue that I had ever worked at. Oh yeah. So I wanted it to be something a little smaller and something that I knew I wouldn't ever shoot a wedding there again. Okay. So we decided, um, it was going to be a destination wedding for everyone coming because he's from Washington. That's Indiana. He's from Washington state. Yes. Okay. And so we were like, we could have everyone come to San Diego or we could have everyone come to San Francisco. Right. Because no matter what, yeah, yeah. it would be travel. So I found, um, a VRBO mm-hmm. house, like, on the coastline, like, off this cliff over the ocean in yeah. um, Half Moon Bay. Yeah. Which is, like, um, 30 minutes north of San Francisco. Yeah. Or, sorry, south. Mm-hmm. And um, it was perfect. And it wasn't – I mean, they had had weddings there before, but it wasn't something that I would – I knew I was never going to work there. Yeah. And we were actually one of the last weddings they had because they ended up selling the house, like, a month after oh, our interesting. wedding. And so did people stay at the house? No. Like, how many was, people came? Um, it was about 90. Okay. Um, so not super small. Yeah. But they had built out the house for weddings, kind of. I see. And they had only – they had had less than 70 weddings there. Yeah. But – so it's kind of a cute story, but a little bit sad. So the, the owner was the architect, and mm-hmm. then his wife was an interior designer. Oh, cool. And they had built this house together. Yeah. And then, unfortunately, she passed away. Oh, sad. And he just couldn't live in the house. I mean, the oh. house – in, in the interior of the house is gorgeous. Yeah. Like, that's why 
why I chose it because yeah. I just didn't want to spend a lot of time because it, it was a destination wedding. I wanted to focus on the venue being really be detailed, yes. detailed and beautiful and not having to bring in my own details. That's that was really like important. Important advice too. We did a podcast interview with um, James from Martoka Beach Garden, which is one of our love club members. And we talk about them a lot. And he talks about that. He's like, if you want a destination wedding, like you have to not be so crazy about like the decor and like the mm -hmm. flowers and that kind of stuff because like you're not going to be there every day or week you right. have to like trust who's ever doing it and pick a place that's already beautiful yes because like obviously you'll bring in flowers and you'll bring in decor but like it's not like if it's 20 minutes from your house and you can go there all the time and drop things off and order things and test things out and I don't know so right. I think that's really true if you're doing destination pick a place that's like just doesn't need a lot. Yeah, spend more time researching the venue. Yes, exactly. And finding something that's really de detail oriented. Yeah, than spending all your time trying to ship your details. Exactly. All that stuff. Yeah, that's that, such good it advice. It gets so complicated. Yes, really good. And it, yeah, it will just end up being kind of sloppy because yeah. it's hard to coordinate. Yeah. A, any totally. details to get somewhere. And so, did you have to bring in? In that case, everything, right? Food, alcohol. Like, yeah. So what was that process so like? So that was a little more complicated than I anticipated. Mm -hmm. But because no, a lot sense. of venues, you don't think about, oh, they already have chairs. Or they already have the napkins, tables, straws, like yeah. bath. Everything. I had to bring everything in. Yeah. So I had to bring in all the rentals, the tables, and yeah. stuff. But luckily, it was... they. So back to kind of the story of yeah. his wife mm -hmm. passing away. He decided he couldn't live there anymore because it was too hard. Yeah. So he decided to kind of structure the outside for weddings to uh -huh. honor her oh so it was just like oh so really beautiful sweet. so he had built this big yard um to host around like 70 to 90 people and yeah. then he built up a big deck platform to have all the tables Got and it. built out a dance floor too and had permanent like oh amazing um, lights hanging up and okay. so it was a lot stuff was already you done. didn't have to bring in like yeah. a platform right or something like and i didn't have to bring in lighting because he yeah. already had a, like cafe lights hanging up oh, for some weddings that's a big deal um but it was in a neighborhood so it's not like he could have weddings every weekend he only chose like a handful a year yeah oh yeah sad but also amazing and so did you have a planner or a coordinator or you literally did everything yeah so i did have a coordinator um and a planner or one and the same. Kind yeah. Of mm -hmm. Different, but the same. Yeah. Um, and we did a trade, actually. So oh, I did a lot of trades. Yeah, of course. Afford it, basically. Meaning because Sammy does wedding films. So, like, she could do someone's film and they could do her services. And I think something that people... I feel like it's still really confusing for people the difference between a wedding planner and a designer and a coordinator and, like, the pricing on all of those things. I know. I honestly don't know the full differences yeah. either. So I think, like... There are people who do like the full suite, like you usually have a big budget and you sit down with them and you're like, here is my vision. And they like plan and design your whole wedding for you. Right. And then there's people who are just like day of or month of mm -hmm. coordinators where you've done everything else. And then you like hand it off to them so you don't have to work at your wedding. And then the middle, like a planner is someone who like will hire potentially a designer or a florist um, or whatever. But like they, I think the, to me, the really the two biggest values are one like on the day, so you're not like working, oh. but two like sort of that checklist of all that stuff. Sammy just mentioned that you like won't remember, like just like every little thing There's that you have to get, like linens and like all the different types of alcohol and the glasses and like the ice and like if you are getting married, if you're already married at like a wedding venue, then you probably can get away without hiring one of these people because the venue will have all that stuff and have a coordinator. But if you're doing something like what Sammy's describing, like 
you could forget something oh, so easily. Yeah. So my coordinator did month of, and yeah. that month of, I don't know how I would have done anything without. But she basically took over all my emails, yeah. took all over yeah. all the questions that the vendors had, yeah. all email correspondence. Yeah. Because the que- the questions that you get that you don't anticipate when you're doing a destination wedding in a in a place that they don't have weddings in a yeah. lot, like my rental place needs to know what size of the tables and how the diagram for how they're going to fit yeah. in the space and how big is the space that yeah. they're all going to fit in and like yeah. all the stuff that I don't know the answers to and I don't have time to figure out. Was she so based she, in San Francisco? She was actually based in San Diego. So, oh, okay. Or actually LA. Okay. Um, so it was two hearts events and she, I did her wedding. So she messaged me after I um, got engaged and was like, she was engaged at the time too. And she was like, um, would you do my video if I, that's so cool. And you guys didn't know each other before? No, we hadn't I think we had met at a styled shoot once. Oh, I love that. that. Yeah. That's really so it cool. worked out really well. And so that's interesting too to talk about. So she was able it because she's like a pro and she knows how to do it, like she was able to do this from San Diego to San Fran, where for you it would have been like really difficult. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. And so let's talk about um your video. So tell everybody like how you did it. Okay, so I knew I wanted someone just to shoot the content right. and for me to get the raw footage and then I could edit it basically. Right. Right. That was what I knew from the start. Yeah. I it was just too hard for me to let go of the reins and yeah. let someone edit. edit it and get something back. I yeah. didn't want to be annoying about it and picky yeah. and I wanted to love it. So I was yeah. like, okay, I'm gonna do this. It was really hard though to find someone that just wanted to shoot the raw footage. Totally. And I feel like I mean I'm not a filmmaker but the way you capture the raw footage even matters for editing, right? Mm-hmm. It's like different people are going to like, you just, I think if you've never thought about this before, you're like, oh, well, they just capture everything. But it's like, they can't capture everything. And it's like, from what angle? And like, what do they focus more on? And like, I feel like you have to find someone who's a little bit your style, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. To even get the footage you want. Yeah. So I had... Um Alexandra from Canvas and Light. Yeah. Get the footage. Who's another person we, like, love. And she was so down to get the footage. She's so chill. Yeah. I, like, people, like, people, this is another thing, too. Like, what's the furthest you've traveled to shoot a wedding? Um, probably Hawaii. Right. Okay, so people don't realize this, like, filmmakers, many, not all, a lot of filmmakers, like, are want to travel for the right kind of wedding. You know what I mean? And, like, people, like, Alexandra did Vanessa's wedding in Baltimore, and, like, it wasn't more expensive, necessarily. Right. And she, it wasn't like she gave Vanessa, like, a deal because of love stories. It was just, like, East Coast and Midwest and West Coast pricing is all different. People yes. charge different depending how long they've been working, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's worth, I always tell people, like, it's worth asking. Like, if you see someone's work you love, you're not going to base where you're based. Like, just find out. Yeah, and I've been telling people that, too. So I knew that, um, so actually a lot of my vendors were not from San Francisco because San Francisco is very so expensive. expensive. And it was almost cheaper to fly yes so i flew um my videographer out i flew my planner out yeah and my florist yeah that's amazing my florist from the midwest and people that florist is one you would never guess i feel like people kind of know they're like okay a photographer a videographer like they have equipment but you can like travel with it but like i feel like florist you would not guess that people really travel to do that because you would think they have to source the flowers from like where they are they probably have to like you a lot yeah but But, still um so my florist is like amazing and i've been obsessed with her work for forever when i lived in indiana yeah and she 
um, gets a lot of her flowers from California and sure. from San Francisco. Yeah. She, she was like, if you put me up, like, I'm just going to go to the San Francisco flower market. That's where I would order a lot of my stuff from anyway. So cool. And so it was just, she loved it. It was, like, Aww. awesome for her because she got to be somewhere that she's not normally yeah. in. And she was, I mean, instead of shipping the flowers, she was going directly to the market. Yeah. Which she totally. also loved that even more. So it worked out really well. Because, yeah, like, again, like, even in Hawaii, like, a lot of the places that become, like, a bubble industry. Because yeah. You're on the island. There's maybe a limited amount of videographers or photographers. They yeah. can crank up their prices because yeah. people feel trapped in that. Like, they have they to have choose to from them. this pool. But I've had a couple people realize, okay, well, if it's actually cheaper to pay for this person yeah. in the States and then fly them out. 100%. And, and they, they want never, to. And they want to. And you never know. I mean, I would never – I think – if you are a filmmaker and you're listening to this or any kind of wedding pro, like charge what you're worth. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you never know. Like somebody might be like, I'm trying to break into California or I want to go on a trip with my husband to Hawaii. And they might be willing to like negotiate a little, you never know what their um, goals are, you know? And like, it's, it's worth asking. So, okay. So Alexandra captured the footage for you and then, oh wait. And how did you two, how do you know her? I just knew her because of you. Oh, okay. because that's we what I were in yeah. that filmmaker council yeah. when yeah. stories first started. Yeah, yeah. And I don't exactly remember how we started talking. I think oh, now I remember. She shot a mutual friend's wedding. Okay. So um, I had a friend in Hawaii, and uh-huh. she, Alexander flew to Hawaii yeah. to shoot her wedding. Okay. And then I was like, oh, I know that girl. She's yeah, in the filmmaker yeah. council, and she was like, so then I was like, okay. Maybe she would shoot the raw footage yeah. because we have this mutual, a couple mutual connections. Cool. Because I was shot down a couple times by. There were some filmmakers I really like. I was like, okay, that would be my like ideal filmmaker. Yeah. But when I asked for the raw footage, they were like, no. And so talk about that a little, actually, because brides are listening. So why? Um, I think people just assume they can get all the footage from their wedding. And different filmmakers treat. Some filmmakers are like, okay, I'll give it to you, but I'm going to charge you for that. And some filmmakers are like no matter what, I'm not going to give it to you. Your situation, I obviously understand is different because they might be like, well, I don't, you're going to edit it different than I would. And 100%. Da, da, da. But talk a little bit about raw footage and like why it's not always just included so brides can like understand. And groups, yeah. and groups. Raw footage is kind of a complicated thing because I totally understand that people want it. Mm-hmm. And I do give it, mm-hmm. but you have to pay for it because right. it's a lot of work to have to transfer it over. It's yeah. expensive. I have to buy an expensive hard drive. Yeah. It takes a lot of time usually to organize it all yeah. for them and to transfer it all over basically. Yeah. So it's you're paying for the actual device and the time to yeah. get organized through it all, put it all on the device. So... The, the complicated thing about it where I know some people don't offer it is just because a, a lot of times when you're shooting in like 4K or huge file sizes, that file is not going to open on the average person's computer yeah. too. Yeah. So it gets a little complicated that way because yes, you want the footage, but then if they are shooting in these huge file sizes, that means they have to take the footage and export it and it gets all more complicated and a little more expensive too. Yeah, and I also feel like the thing is brides and grooms who aren't super um, educated on this, they'll be like, well, I'm going to buy the less expensive edit and just, like, get all the rough footage. And, like, the filmmaker's already taken all the time to go and shoot it. So, like, they have to price it so that they're not, like, losing money on the time that they spent also. Um, 
I just generally, I talk about this a lot. Like I generally think like, as Sammy mentioned, like there are pockets of the wedding industry where people inflate prices for certain reasons. Like sometimes exactly like you said, like in a, um, a more secluded destination or like whatever, but like 99% of the wedding pros you work with are underpaid. These yeah, are not no. people who are like <laughs> making tons of money, video. 100% video. But you're not like being taken advantage of. Like I don't know where that like concept came from but it really bothers me that people are like I'm being price gouged because it's a wedding and it's like this person is making not enough money right 99% of the time and if they are charging a lot they're probably doing such high-end weddings that you don't care anyway do you know what I'm saying exactly anyways um okay I mean, yeah, sidebar. we talk about that forever because right. I have a lot of opinions I know we actually I mean so what I what I anecdotally that always have observed is that filmmakers are paid about two thirds what photographers mm-hmm. are paid and they're shooting the same amount on the day and video editing takes longer. We're actually working on, Sammy and I were just chatting about it, like a big survey with wedding, like a global wedding filmmaker survey right now. And um, we'll be sharing like more details around that, around like pricing. Um, okay, so I wanna get into like some of the questions that um, our listeners sent in. So as you guys know, if you're a listener to this pod, we accept questions in our bride Slack channel, in like Instagram DM, in email, sometimes in like Facebook groups that we're just like hanging out in. Um, and so we'd like our experts to answer questions for you. So um, the first question we got is about an engagement video. So this person says, we're debating doing an engagement video. What are the pros and cons? So can you just like start for me and explain to people like what an engagement video is, like why people are getting them, like how is it similar or dissimilar to engagement photos and then like whether or not you recommend it, et cetera. So an engagement video is basically like engagement photos, except it's like an, usually like an hour session. Mm-hmm. I call them adventure sessions. Yeah. I think that kind of sounds more fun. Yeah, totally. But um, it's usually one to two minute video, mm-hmm. kind of just announcing your engagement, basically. Yeah. Usually you're having fun, doing whatever you want to do. You're taking on a hike, yeah. like playing with your dog at home. It's really whatever you want it to be or what feels like you as a couple. And yeah. just fun footage to look back on and be like, that's how we were when we were engaged. Because that yeah. time flies by so quickly. Yeah. And people end up loving it. But yeah. not a lot of people do it. Yeah. But I do think there are tons of advantages to doing it. Yeah. And number one being... A lot of times I show up to weddings and I've not met the couple. Yes. yes. Or... Um, even if I've met them, it's been over coffee and I haven't had that experience of working with them before yeah. like the photographer has because nine times out of ten, the photographer has shot their engagement photos right. too. So they know how they interact together as a couple when mm-hmm. they're shooting them, how if they're a little awkward in this way or what they like to do. And it, yeah. it makes it so much easier for the photographer and for the couple because yeah. the couple feels like they've done it before yeah. and so they're comfortable. That's smart. So an engagement video... The huge benefit is that being in front of the camera for a lot of people, yeah, you get camera shy, yeah. you don't feel uncomfortable or awkward. Yeah. If you've done it before, you kind of get comfortable in your own skin and yeah. you get to know the videographer better. They get to know you better than on your wedding day, like the biggest day of your life. Yeah. You don't feel nervous about it. Yeah. And that's the huge pro. And the, people put them on their wedding websites a lot of times mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. put them on social media. And so... Um, you don't have to say like the prices, but how does it compare? Is it like half the price of the typical wedding video package, like a third? Do you group it all together? Like, so I have an option where you can do it separately. Like if someone wanted to just do an engagement video, yeah. sometimes people are like, we can't afford a wedding video. Can we just do an oh, engagement video? Yeah. 
So I make that one a little more expensive. And then I yeah. have an engagement video that's a part of one of my packages yeah. that's cheaper, basically, and if it you, comes with it. Do you always interview people like we were talking about with Grace and Jeff? Yeah. And do you always use that footage in the wedding video or is it only sometimes? So um, I have a bigger package called the Love Story Package yeah. where it comes with an engagement, an interview if they want it, yeah. and um, that adventure session yeah. to create the engagement I love video. Yeah. But I also use that footage from the engagement um session to incorporate into the wedding video yeah. too yeah just to kind of build the story yeah and like that's when the video goes next level I yeah think. like yeah. so for example like I had a couple um just a few months ago that got married and they he was in the military and they were dating long distance for like three years wow. throughout the relationship yeah and they were getting married and then she was finally going to move from LA to wherever he was going to be based wow because she just didn't want to leave her family for that time yeah I understand so he their whole relationship was based on like meeting at LAX because that's when he would fly into and like Aww. so she said every like big destination or big point in their relationship she remembers just meeting LAX because she was so excited to see Aww. him so they did a love story package and they wanted an engagement video in LAX that's so but funny. the main reason they wanted it is because they wanted me to capture him like coming home for the last time before they get married uh, you know? I like the chills yeah and so the week that they got married he came home I met them at LAX got that like hug like we're doing yeah. this type of thing kind yeah. of like pranced around LAX it was like I was a little nervous about it because LAX is insane if it's, you've never been there. So it's like, it must be one of the biggest airports in the world. But it ended up being really great. And so I ended up using that footage like to lay over their vows. Yeah. And their final video to kind of build up the story because in their vows, of course, they're talking about long distance and yeah. the airport. And then you have that footage of them actually, a real, a real greeting in the airport where he's coming home. I and love like, it. So it was really cool. So there's ways to do with your like the adventure or the engagement session yeah. where you, it, you can attach it to your relationship where it naturally kind of builds upon the video. I'm obsessed. So obviously, like, I don't have a wedding video. And, like, people, filmmakers always ask me, they're like, Rachel, why don't you do, like, a vow renewal with Justin? And, like, I don't know. I think we're both, like, a little shy, which is so weird because this is, like, our my job. Mm -hmm. but, but what I will say is that, like, a couple of years ago um, – someone interviewed us for like an article like about our relationship and they did a audio recording and it's like one of my most like prized things and like I think that equal to my wedding photos because I don't know I just think like the story of how we met and like being in that natural environment like in our house like explaining it is so different than like what happened at the wedding itself and like I would just tell people I can't recommend enough, like, the idea of yeah. sitting down and doing that. So, it's so special. Yeah, at the engagement session, usually, I take them both separately. Yeah. And this is if they want to do it. Some people are just like, no, I don't feel comfortable. Yeah. But a lot of times, people want to. Yeah. So I take them both separately, ask them questions. I try to not make them, like, basic questions. Yeah. Maybe I do a couple basic questions, like, how did you meet um, in the beginning to make them comfortable. But yeah. then, like, my number one question that I like to ask and what that what segued Jeff into that yeah, the that viral made, video yeah. was... Um, was there a moment or a feeling that you knew, when you knew she was the one? Ugh. So some people don't have a moment, but some people have an example of, um, I say it can be a moment where you knew they were one or 
maybe after you knew you were getting married is was there ever like a moment or a feeling where you looked over at them like they were either doing something they said something and you just like looked at them and you just had this feeling like that is my person yeah and so that question always usually kills it because people if they don't have a moment where they knew that the person was the one they have a moment where they remember just being in a situation where they just knew that that was their person. Yeah. Ugh. So I know I get chills thinking about it too, but that's usually the question that I'll pull from. Yeah. And I, imagine being able to listen to like your parents or your grandparents like talk about that. I mean, it's like amazing. Yes. When I was a little girl, like I would spend so much time looking at my parents' wedding album. Not even because I was like, how do my parents fall in love exactly? It's just like, it's crazy to think about as a kid, like everything that happened before you were there. And so like, I just think this stuff is, like, so invaluable. I So one of my really good friends is a photographer, uh-huh. and she just got engaged. So we were she's been asking me a lot of questions about video, naturally. And um, she was kind of on the fence, or her, or her fiancé was a bit on the fence. Yeah. And like, we, we don't know if we have room in the budget. She's like, I know I really want video, but, like, we just we might just have to cut it. Yeah. And she ended up going over to her grandma's house, like, a month ago. Yeah. And her grandma had VHS of recordings from her wedding yeah and she had never seen it before I think yeah. so she had sat down and watched it and she just said it was like the most incredible experience to watch that and she was yeah. just crying and after that she came out she was like I don't care the cost I'm getting a video yeah 100% and I feel like that's something that people are not thinking enough about in the moment I think yeah. when you're a bride you can tunnel vision really easily because people are like keep it in the budget you don't know you're scared because you don't know about money but yeah. it's just like a wedding video lasts forever. You, this investment literally is going to be passed on from generations. Yeah. Like your grandkids are going to be sitting watching this video. And yeah. Like I can imagine watching like my mom when she was my age. Oh my God, I wish I, I had wish that. I had that. Me too. And so you're not only like putting the investment in for yourself, you're putting the investment in for generations below you. A hundred percent. So I just, it kind it just bums me out a lot because it, it's just something that's I think needed a hundred percent, and people constantly are telling me that they regret it. And sometimes I feel weird saying that because I don't want people to think that I'm saying that because I want them to hire me or I'm trying to. No, it's I because I genuinely am like, I hate when people are constantly like, "Oh, what do you do?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm a wedding videographer," and they're like, "Oh, I wish I would have done that." That's their one regret. I, mean, I hate hearing that. It's crazy, like so. I, to your point, like, I feel like some, I am always nervous people are thinking that I'm just Trying to saying, push an agenda. Yeah. I tell people all the time, I'm like, hire, you should hire a wedding filmmaker. Like, I will help, you know, if it's someone I know personally, like, I will make recommendations for you or, like, obviously use Love Stories TV. And when people are, like, at the end of the day, like, I'm not going to do it. You know what I say to people? I'm like, have someone in the front row of your wedding do it on their iPhone. I, I, I agree with that, too. I don't care get this recorded like ask a friend to record the speeches and the vows and like your first dance like you will not you will still wish you had a wedding video like you're gonna regret it either way but like I'm not gonna let you not have it recorded and I so I email people that so when people email me they're like okay we just decided we don't have the budget for Uh it and I'm like of course this makes me cringe on the inside to say we have someone filming on an iPhone but like I'm telling I'm like you know you're gonna regret it you're gonna regret it Uh just have a friend record on at least your speeches and at least the ceremony because even though of course I think you should get an actual professional you are going to want this footage and like you know just one note on pricing which we like we already talked about a little bit but it's like listen your wedding video nine times out of ten 
still costs less than your photos, which means it's incredibly underpriced because they're spending the same amount of time to capture footage and more time to edit. So you are underpaying your wedding filmmaker. But like when people are like, how can I get comfortable with the price? It's like, well, you got comfortable with it for the photographer. So right. like, why do you think it's different? It's not different. And I don't know what else to tell you. Like that's what it is. Yeah. Like, if you feel comfortable with the price your photographer's charging you, you should feel comfortable with the price your videographer's charging you and know that you're probably underpaying. Right, and there are other ways to cut within the budget, and it's easy to get caught up in, like, the flowers and the details yeah. and the little things, but those things last one day, and you're pouring all this money into not having it the next day. Yeah, 100%. But your photo and your video, you will have forever. 100%. So, like, even the things that I think about that I'm so, I feel so silly about spending money on, because I don't even have photos of it, I don't care to look at a photo of it, it's, like, the, like, um... The things that you put on the seats, the... Oh, programs. Oh, programs. Programs are the number one thing when people are like, how can I cut money? I was just talking about this. With, I was like, um, why did I do that? With Brita. Yeah, it's like, you think it's important. And like, listen, if you have an unlimited budget, like, why not? But like, nobody cares. Yeah, for some reason in the moment, I was like, have to have programs. I and I probably spent $600, $700 on them. And I'm I like, know. I doubt anyone looked at that. 100%. It's a 20... 30-minute ceremony. They don't 100%. need a play-by-play of every minute that's happening. Or, like, I had at my wedding, um, they were really beautiful, but, like, when people showed up to the hotel room, like, on the welcome bag, there were, like, these beautifully like, hand-drawn, like, maps of, like, the town and, like, a welcome thing. And, like, it was really nice, but, like, I, who cares about that? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, that's not, like, why I didn't have a video. I was just, like, dumb, but... I just think there's so many little things like that that, like, in the moment you think are really important. And, like, I always say this, like, here's what's important to people at a wedding. Like, are they the right temperature? Do they not have to stand in line for drinks? Yes. Like, are they able... Um, that's what you know, they care about. That's what they care about, right. Like, can are they getting fed on time? Like, are they not having to stand around? Like, that's... What, is the music good? Like, that's what people remember. Right. And um, you're trying to cater to your guests yeah, when you have a good time. Exactly. And like don't get me wrong, I love details. Like of course we are all design. Do. Like I love going to weddings where they have details. But of if course. it's but if, if you have the money, then of course do it. But if it's between doing like custom place cards and custom programs over a video. A thousand I couldn't agree. A hundred percent. Um okay, so this was so good I could like talk to you forever, but is there anything so let a couple things before we close so tell people where to find you what's your instagram what's your website my instagram is at sj.video okay and my website is sjvideography.com and is there anything else that we like didn't talk about that you were like people need to know or like my number one tip for people so i actually i filled this out in the questionnaire but a a lot of um, the preconceived notions I get when I'm on the phone with people yeah. are they're really concerned about um, me bringing in like a ton of a ton of gear, having yeah. like a giant camera on my yeah. shoulder, getting in, blocking the guests, getting yeah. in the way. Yeah, and I kind of have to laugh because I mean I get I get that people have been to weddings where this has happened, but yeah. that was maybe like ten years ago. Yeah, or just the size of the equipment. That's just not a thing anymore. Like, the cameras we're using are the same cameras the photographers are using. Yeah, yeah, tiny. that's something people don't realize. And it's a DSLR. I know that some companies will bring in, like, older cameras. So I guess it's just researching, like, how up-to-date your yeah. um, videographer is. Right. Like, if they're using newer stuff. And 
So there are like professional videography companies that are doing production work and they yes. have these huge red cameras, which are amazing cameras. Yeah. But they're not to me. They're not cameras. Those are to for like the seven hundred person. Yes. like Indian weddings yes, which exactly. need that in order to capture Everything. like the scale of the wedding right. but if you are having like a pretty traditional like American wedding with like 200 or less people you then don't need that the kind majority of, of the time someone's going to come in with like yeah. a Panasonic yeah. or a Canon which yeah. are small cameras yeah. that are in the way and a lot of like I think that's important in order to capture moments like I need to have light gear I need to be like on my feet because yeah. you need to be able to capture moments that are happening really quickly and I think one of the biggest kind of like rookie mistakes for the average wedding is mm. a videographer bringing in a lot of gear because yeah. you don't need it you don't need it yeah and of course like you're going to create some beautiful cinematic film but like a lot, if you don't have the moments yeah. in there then it's nothing yeah, that's good advice. And, like, so if you're listening to this, like, feel free to ask. I mean, like, you might feel a little goofy being, like, what kind of camera do you use because you don't know. But you can totally ask a filmmaker, like, don't just assume, to Sammy's point, that it's going to be intrusive because it yes. probably won't be. And if you're worried about it, just ask. Just ask, yes. Yeah, and that goes for, I mean, that goes for everything with a wedding. Like, just ask. I feel like this thing happens sometimes where it's, like, you sit down with someone like Sammy who, like, feels like your friend and probably will become your friend, but it's also, like, it's her job. Like, ask her what you need to ask her. Like, she can't anticipate. Um, Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much for coming. This was so fun. Um, And everybody should follow Sammy on Instagram and check out her website and check out her channel on Love Stories TV. We love her work. Um, And if you have any questions for her, DM her on Instagram or ask us and we'll get in touch with her for you. Thank you. Bye. Welcome back to Ask a Wedding Planner with Annie Lee of Planny. Hi, Annie. How are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you doing? I'm good. I see the lovely ice cream cones behind you in your guest room. I'm very jealous. Now I'm hungry. (laughs) Okay, speaking of food, the question we have this week is a pretty straightforward one, but maybe not. What is the average price per plate at a wedding? Did this person mention where... They did it. They need to be more specific. Oh, you all. (laughs) Okay. Well. The average in New York City is probably different than Louisville, Kentucky, I would imagine. I would imagine. So, well, I will give you my giant blanket answer, and then I'll try to break it down a little bit more. So, per person, let's say, again, with full alcohol as well, I would imagine for a four-hour dinner and dancing party reception that it would be something like, I'm going to guess the national average is about 150. New York, LA, like markets that I'm very like well aware of, like New, like some of the bigger cities and more expensive markets, I would imagine the average is more like 250 to 300. Let's talk a little bit now about how those packages work. Usually what's in a plate is um, hors d'oeuvres, and that's usually about five to, you know, five to seven cocktail hors d'oeuvres at cocktail hour. Then we have drinks for four hours, and you can, you can pick the level of your bar. And most times, I mean, I will say for my clients, like everyone wants like a higher level bar. They want Grey Goose, not Smirnoff is kind of what you're going up against. And then if you, then dinner, most times dinner is one appetizer 
and then a choice of entree. And then there's a silent vegetarian or a vegan option that's not listed on your menu and one dessert. Some places will include cake in there, some will not. I feel like most places these days are starting to not from what I've experienced. What if you have food allergies? Will they charge you extra for that? I haven't been charged extra for food allergies. They usually are super accommodating. Like, um, like we have a ton of like no nuts, and then you have to That's know: me. is that you? Are you, allergy. are you like a I can't be in the room with nuts? No, you just okay. can't feed it to me and or make out with me if you eat nuts. Okay. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> yeah, but there's like all kinds of different allergies. I mean, we've we you have to kind of just accommodate that and. It was kind of wild. One, it was almost like every single person had a different something. So each entree had to almost be like customized. Like this person couldn't do this. And then it was hard to find that one neutral dish that was going to be okay for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say that's like the basic. That's what usually when you get a price per plate, that's what they're including. Now, the pricing I just gave, though, I should mention is when the catering is in-house. Like mm -hmm. when you're in a hotel or when you're in a space that they control the kitchen. And so that typically means that they're also going to give you tables, chairs, linen, like just all of those basics that come like with the venue. Mm -hmm. If you're going to a, like a loft and it's totally blank and you're bringing in a caterer, this changes everything. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, that's the, the package I just described is the general like core of what they'll start with. However, really, you can do whatever you want. If you're bringing in a caterer, you can, I mean, you're going to pay for it, but you can be like, I want um, like seven different entree options or, you know, whatever it might be. So, and then the other thing is like on top of the caterer price, which is kind of, it might be like a little bit less than the per person yeah. at a venue or sometimes the same. You have to factor in also that you need to get cater rentals. So this means you need forks, napkins, mm -hmm. chairs, linens. linens, even sometimes depending on your venue, you need like the kitchen oven, you need the yeah. trash cans, you need mops. Like it's crazy. Like you have to literally like bring in, you have to move in for a day. Mm -hmm. So when you, okay, let's say the average price for a cater, if you're doing a, wedding at a space where you have to bring in a caterer and, and rentals and all that stuff, I would average like $50 per person. Mm -hmm. I would say like a nicer wedding, 100 to 125 per person. So because like a lot of people upgrade like the nicer fork and the nicer wine yeah. glass and, and it just starts, you know, increasing from there. Yeah. So I just would say, make sure you have the allowance and you're considering all those extra factors when you are getting that um, plate price. Is the service like the wait staff um, also included in the per price? Very good cost? question. Okay. So service, it should be. It's line item. Well, with the venue, of course, and it's included. Mm -hmm. I do like to make sure that there's enough staff. Like I'll always look at that line. I like at least one server per 10 guests and one bartender per 50 guests. That's mm -hmm. like a nice serve. I mean, really, if I could do one per eight, guests, I, I will. And so a lot of times I'll ask and I'll up how many servers there are from what they included. With, with the caterers, you, 
like you have to be careful because they don't all do like apples to apples. They're not all the same proposal. So you have to really look in some, I'm like, oh, they included the rentals or, oh, they, but where's the staffing? You know, they didn't include the staffing in this. And like, you thought it was cheaper than the other one. And then, and then they include their staff and you're like, whoa, okay, never mind. So, oh, and while we're on the staffing service question, there is that like service admin fee that they're going to add. What's that? Okay. So tax, of course, just imagine there's going to be a tax on whatever you're paying for. So whatever your city taxes. And then a lot of venues and a lot of caterers add a service or administrative fee, which is not gratuity. And everyone gets very yeah. confused. And But it's like 20, like New York City, I think the average is 25%. So you thought- Just admin fee? Just admin fee plus whatever taxes yeah. these days. So you're talking about like an extra, let's say, 33% on top of, it's a lot. That's a lot extra. Yeah. So, what does the admin fee cover? So admin fee covers, I think it covers like, I don't know, everyone explains it differently. But from what I understand, it is for your servers. Like it's like their wages and stuff and like all the, the people that are working on your wedding. It, but it is again, not gratuity. And everyone like 100% of the time, someone asks me what it is, like whether it's like, because it, it, like no one's ever seen it before and it's a, it's a big amount. And there's a lot of controversy over that. Like I've seen certain, I don't know, in like New York for a while, like people were pulling it off. Like a lot of caterers pulled it off because I think it was like it, there was like some legal case about it. So if you really want to like dig into it. Um, wow, fascinating. But it, it would be getting into politics. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it's, it's norm. Like everyone charges it and you just have to expect like there's like, 150 plus plus one of those pluses is tax one of those pluses is admin fee so much to unpack mm -hmm. here <laughs> thank you annie for your expertise as always if you have a question for annie lee of planny about your upcoming wedding we want to hear from you so make sure you fill out the form that is in the show notes you can also email questions at lovestoriestv.com just be sure to include your wedding date and location if you have it and be really specific with your question you're asked because we have the expert here the vip planner annie lee and we'll answer your question on an upcoming episode so thanks so much and we'll see you next week bye reminder to everyone listening out there if you have a question you want answered on an upcoming episode you can email it to questions at lovestoriestv.com you can dm us on instagram at lovestoriestv or ask it in our Slack group for brides-to-be and wedding pros, which you can join by going to bit.ly slash Slack. And if you have feedback about one of our answers, we definitely want to hear from you. You can share your thoughts and feelings on those same channels. Don't forget to subscribe to Love Stories Radio and leave us a review on iTunes. We love when people say nice things about us. And also, it helps other wedding lovers out there, like you, discover our show. And last but not least... Are you a wedding pro? Email loveclub at lovestoriestv.com to get more info about how you can join our partner program, The Love Club. We help wedding pros build their brands and connect with a pipeline of customers on lovestoriestv.com and on our marketing channels, leveraging both the real wedding videos that feature their work and original content. So that's it. We'll see you back here next week. Bye.